Welcome to Popcorn and Soda, starring Talal, a motion picture podcast, movies, pop culture, interviews, and reviews. Popcorn and Soda is brought to you by ByTalal.com. Visit at ByTalal and at Popcorn and Soda Podcast on Instagram. Download and stream on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on all your podcast listening platforms. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having a wonderful day today. My name is Talal, and you are listening to the Popcorn and Soda Podcast, the show where we discuss all things movies, pop culture, and so much more. I want to thank each and every one of you for making me a small part of your day. On today's show, we are joined by a very talented guest. She is one of Canada's finest actresses. You can see her as one half of the iconic Bobsy Twins on the CW's modern-day adaptation, Nancy Drew. On the show today, very talented, Adila Dasani. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Hey, thank you so much for coming to hang out on the show today. Uh, how have you been over this last year? We're living in such a crazy world. Dude, how are you hanging in there? So crazy. Like, I, I don't know. Some days I'm amazing. And then some days I'm like, what the F is going on? And then some days I'm like, can I like crack open my box of wine at 8 a.m.? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. And it's crazy because like we're a year in now, I would say. Hopefully by the end of this year, things may start to get better. But it's still kind of like, hey, we still all got to wear our masks and keep our distance. And things are still open at a very limited capacity being an actress yourself how has this last year impacted you the most holy I mean it's definitely been it's been quite a shift I've got to say like from like you know that daily the the actor like the the daily hustle all of us actors go through to like where we are now but I don't know like I think it's great like it's good because honestly I'm I have to like just show gratitude I'm grateful I'm healthy I'm working you know, like I cannot complain, obviously, like we do complain all the time, which whatever, it's fine. It's, it's human. Such nature, is right? life, right? It um, is what it is. Such is life. <laughs> but it's been good. It's, it's been good. Like, I mean, career wise, it's been pretty wonderful in terms of like, there have been so many more opportunities for us Canadians up here because the border has been closed. So logistically speaking, in that sense, it's, it's been dope. And then honestly, I just feel like the pandemics put so many things into perspective, you know, like what's really important. None of this shit is important. Like it's important, but like in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Right. Like you have your health family and like, I'm looking at my closet right now. I'm like, I haven't worn half those clothes over a year and I'm like a fashion guy. So looking back at it, was that stuff really even that important in hindsight? Right. It just really puts things in perspective. It does. It's like, it's like, it was that necessary. And it, it kind of just like reels you back to really take a step back and be like, do I need this excess that like we all live in? Or I should say, you know, speak for myself and say that I thought I needed to live in, in which I don't, you know, and it, it kind of makes you check yourself in, in like a massive way. And I feel like that's what the pandemic's been for me. I've done a lot of like <laughs> self-work. Self-reflection yeah. and all of but that. But then also a lot of like sitting around and being like, you know what, it's okay to be this and I can live in this, this jazz if I want. So it's been definitely reflective for sure. But man, perspective, right? Family comes first. This is it. Like at, at the end of the day, I'm like, what have I been 
hustling for if like you don't have your family to share it with. Especially being South Asian and how our families are so intertwined and it's such a big part of our culture and just our everyday lives. It really makes you appreciate the little things more than, you know, we probably should have been even before, right? It's so true. And especially, right, like, you know, growing up South Asian, we grew up within a community. It's not just your household, but your household is your, like, extended family. Like your universe. It's kind of like it's an extended version of exactly. you, right? In so many ways. And that's yeah. who's raised you. It's the community that brings you up. And I've realized, I'm like, man, I didn't, I thought I'd be okay. Like, I like to be like, I love to be on my own and do things on my own. But I didn't realize how much that was so instilled in me innately, where I'm like, shoot, like that's so much a part of me that I miss because like we are always always together through thick and thin through the good times the bad and not having like our people my family around it's really been like shit this is this is who I am now I'm trying now I'm finally seeing me for me so no right on and that's just why I'm so fascinated by your story and your journey so far and your acting career we're naturally drawn to people that have similar stories as us. We're both South Asian. We're both Canadians. Both love the creative arts. Both went to University of Toronto. Oh, uh, <laughs> the front door for real? Yeah. So it's like when I saw that, I'm like, whoa, no way. Like, boom, everything. Think about acting or movies or television. You don't really see people that have our skin color, that have our types of names, that even look like us, right? What I'm fascinated to know is where does this all begin for you? What were your early influences and what made you want to be an actress? Honestly, I feel like, I mean, I, I guess I was like plopped into it by, with my parents. So I, I grew up playing sports, um, dr- but I got to preface it with being like, I can only play dry land sports. Um, and so when I was younger, like my parents had put me into like skating and swimming and, and I I, I failed like miserably. Well, hey, you may be the only brown person that I know that can actually swim or skate proficiently. Maybe no, I can't. I can't. It was it was so bad that like my parents had to pluck me out of those extracurricular activities because I was that kid that like couldn't do it, and I feel like I made them look bad. And then they put me in the community theater, and I guess that's kind of how things started to propel because I finally found myself. But they. I swear they were buying like cupcakes every weekend so that like they could still be friends with the other parents. And so I wouldn't look bad. At least I'd be the girl with the treats because you know how brown parents go. They'll like feed you, they'll feed into your heart and then people will love you. But it was not my athletic skill. So (laughs) it's all good. Each to their own, right? That's just what it is. But that's, yeah, that's basically it. And that's kind of how it just, it happened. I, I, I got into community theater in Calgary and from there, I kind of did it in school and I, I realized I loved it. Like I would make sure sh- I would put on shows for my parents at the top of the railing and be like, no, you're shining like a flashlight on me. I'm the star. I found my place, which I don't know if that's good or bad. They checked me all the time. So, I mean, <laughs> at least I stayed grounded, but. <laughs> well, that's important, right? It's important. Yeah. So. So did you get the standard, and it sounds like you may not have, but who knows, got to be either a lawyer, a doctor, engineer, or an accountant growing up? You know what? I'm so lucky that I didn't. Like, and I feel like I'm like one of the rare ones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like my parents have supported me through thick and thin with this, but I did get, okay. So it was like, of course you can be an actor. Of course you can, but... (laughs) what are you going to do on the side just in case? So I wasn't like pushed in per se directly into like another field, but it was like, what else can you 
another way of segueing it kind of like you know yeah here, <laughs> right where you're like how about take this as your other major just in case and yeah, you know who knows if maybe you know come tomorrow you wake up and you don't want to be an actress yeah. anymore at least you have a backup it, right at least, at least i have a backup but it's like their way of thinking for sure right yeah yeah. it's just like i think like an immigrant parents way of thinking especially like when our families from back home whether it's like pakistan or india or bangladesh when they come here for the most part for the people that i know it's it's either one of those fields that i just mentioned and it's funny because i have brothers that are in literally each field of a doctor an accountant a cpa i was gonna ask and it's because like um yeah my mom's an accountant you know obviously so it's like Oh, I know yeah. naturally your parents would be like, all right, hey, this is a great field. You know, you can just support yourself, go down this it's path. Stable. There's healthcare, which I feel like is like the big one. My poor sister, my parents are like, no, I think she got the brunt of it because I, I left home real quick. Gotcha. So now she gets the like, you know, the brown parenting where they're like, no, but you need to find a job with healthcare and pension. <laughs> And she's like, well, Adila doesn't have any of that. And they're like, it doesn't matter. You do, you need it. <laughs> There's like the one in each family that's kind of like, all right, fine. We'll let him or her kind of do that thing. Totally. But for the rest of you, you're all like, you're all effed. You better do this. You better well, do that. Like, and- yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, it's not my fault. You're younger and you have to stay home longer, but. <laughs> Such is life, right? It is what it is, right? And, and it's it's so interesting because I feel like, as you mentioned about the whole having a backup, and that's kind of like my parents as well. And, 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 I, and I get it. Like in the second half of my 20s, I'm starting to understand their perspective and how they immigrated to Canada. The preface is I have the best parents. I have the best brothers that anyone can ever ask for. It's just in the context of this specific space of the creative arts. That's where, generally speaking, a lot of South Asian parents and South Asian norms are, you know, they don't go hand in hand and everything. And I'm a guy that's a big believer in perspective. And you, you have to see things from both sides. I accept it. And I, and I understand how important the other side is as well. I truly do. But at the same time, when you're really into the creative arts, whether it's acting, whether it's hosting, whether it's being an artist of some sort, it's really hard to want to do something else when other people are maybe either trying to force you or trying to get you into that because you will never be happy doing something else if it's not what you really want to do. No, it's so true. It's so true. And I feel like at the end of the day, our parents see that, you know, they just don't know how to communicate about it. And and you know what? Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like eventually when you're down that path and it's easy to say, I want to be an actress or I want to be a host, but you still have to bust your ass harder than the next person just because of, again, your ethnicity, your name, your skin color. Once they start seeing the little successes and how that starts to snowball, I think they start to accept it a bit more. That's just how I find it. Yeah. Yeah. They totally jump on board. And I feel like it's harder for us too, because like we have to break so many more barriers in order to like be successful. And there is no trajectory there in the arts, right? And and then as a parent, that's the tough part because in the other fields, there's all like there's a clear trajectory. Yeah. Whereas for us, it's like it'll happen 20 years ago or in 20 years yesterday or tomorrow, right? You just don't know. Transitioning over to one of your amazing successes, Nancy Drew. This is a big deal and such an iconic IP. I remember reading this in elementary school. This isn't your mom and dad's Nancy Drew. This is a very modern day take on it that represents what society looks like today. The Dobbsy twins, that's such another big iconic IP on top of that. 
how did you get involved with this role and what was the audition process like? How excited are you just to have a chance to continue to play this amazing role? Oh man, I'm, I gotta say like, first and foremost, I'm stoked. Like it's just, it's been the dopest, the wildest dream just cause like I never thought like, and that's the thing, right? We were saying earlier, like we just haven't seen us on TV as much or on film or on the screen. And then to be able to play and and take it like completely different take and represent a character that's traditionally a, like two sets of Caucasian African yeah. kids, right? Is like, is insane. And it, it was, it's been, it's been, been pretty great, especially, I mean, like we said, for representation itself, but in this show, in, like so Praneet and I who plays Gail my twin we kind of were just we were able to be plopped into the world without any like explanation or rhyme or reason and I find in so many shows right now like if you aren't if you aren't authentically representing you know a fictional character in literature um there's always a reason as to why like they have to create a narrative around it to explain why you're a different color whereas in this show like it just is what it is we're just the Bobsy twins and there was no story behind it. And I feel like that's been the hugest win because it should be, nor- that's how you normalize it. Did you shoot the show during yeah. COVID? Yeah, it was wild. Um, So yeah, we shot. So like, I know you had asked before the whole audition process and stuff. We actually, mm-hmm. so the audition happened basically July, 2020. Once things in Canada started to open up a bit um, and productions went back and then we didn't, find out till several weeks later and then we didn't go to camera until the end of September once all of the CBS safety and CW safety protocols were out so it's wild like so we basically test three times a week if we're doing intimacy stuff we test COVID test every day we basically have to do check-ins we do like our daily temperature check-ins we check in with COVID safety officers the protocols on set are wild like you're masked all the time. You're always you got a little shield on your face as well. Yeah, or? like you can't. You so basically the act we the actors wear masks, but then everyone else who's like around us, so like you know, hair, and makeup, whoever has direct contact definitely has to wear like protective eyewear. They have their PPC gear, um, and like it's very diligent. Like we have safety officer, COVID safety officers on set watching us at all times, just making sure that everyone is following precautions, your social distancing, like even in cast tents, we like, there's now different tents. Like, you know, like back in the day, like everyone just like rams in, in the green room or the holding room and you just jam out, but everything, right. Everything's so spaced out. Like you have to go outside to eat just to make sure that you're not, there's no, you know what I mean? Keeping your distance. No one's getting close enough exactly. to each other to like spread each other's like germs or air particles. Yeah, and whatnot. like CBS has kept us so safe. It, you feel so safe working, which has been really great. But I think that's why things have been kind of like start and go and push back just to make sure all of those things were in place, you know, and that rollout was there. But it's it's been great. Like they've really taken care of us on the show in terms of that safety aspect. And- have to, right? Because it's like if one person gets sick, you got to shut everyone, everything down, the entire production. People rely on their, like, you know, their salary and whatnot for, for these kind of things. Do you think that the future of TV or film is, will it ever return to what the past was? Or is it going to be a, this new normal and we're just going to have to kind of continue through that? Because you've done both. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, 
I feel like it'll go back. I feel like it'll go back in a couple years, but I feel like people are going to be really, really aware and sensitive and, and, you know, take those, be precautious and take those safety measures. I just, I mean, I hope it does mainly like right as an actor or like as you as an artist, like we love that personal connection. Like doing this in person would probably be like a billion times better than like, this is awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're with someone and you feed yeah. off each other's energy, can't duplicate that, right? Like you cannot duplicate that. And so I'm hoping it does. I don't know. I don't see it in the foreseeable future. Yeah. That's for sure. Absolutely. I, I agree with that hundred percent. As a creative artist, when you're on set and you have all these restrictions and you know, like it, it is what it is, right? That's just the, what we all have to adapt to. Is it difficult to be your true self and fully let out all your creative juices? Or are you still kind of in the back of your mind, a little paranoid about, Oh, this person's too close. That person's too close. How does that work? I think initially I was. Cause like, you just didn't know how to tread the line. Like I had no idea. And then I think it's like a new cast member that their people's boundaries are stuff like yeah, that. What the norms are already on set. Right. And, and then it's like, as a South Asian person, you know, this, we get paranoid AF. Like it's like, you're building us. Like, yo, like you're, when you're brown and you're like, shit, like here I am. Am I like, it's already like a red flag that I'm here. And now I'm talking like, about it. Totally. So I initially was kind of just learn people's boundaries once you're there. Thank God. Like at least like we're still in the same room where you can like, read body language and stuff. But I think now it's fine. And, and we're all getting tested. So we know that we're okay. I think it's like that little icebreaker at the very start where once you kind of break through, you know, everyone's tension and nervous energy, it kind of just, you open up to it and you're like, all right, we're all being safe. Uh, and pretty much that's just how it rolls. Right responsible outside and that's the other thing right is like it's sometimes it feels like it's even tougher because you're kind of like self-isolating ish on your own because I'm like you don't want to risk that like we were seeing that one person that just left the entire set right dude and then what like you're the reason like I am so psycho like I'm like I'm not I refuse to be the reason this show shuts down so I'm like I don't really see anyone No, I totally get it. I'm kind of like that too, where it's like yeah. being brown. You have a big family. So it's like, I'm with like five other people in my house right now. Even when I'm out, I don't want to be the reason why someone at my house gets sick or anything like that, right? It's, it's sick, exactly. It's so whack. And even going back to that, I'm like, I live on my own, but it's like, but then I miss that family element. I'm like, man, I haven't seen my family, my parents. You can't even go back home. They're all older, you know? No, I, I totally get it. Yeah, it's just one of those things where... Yeah, it's just the way life's going to be for the next like foreseeable future. I don't even know what's really going to happen. We have an idea what it may be, but until we actually see it in action and see it in person as to like, hey, our number is really going down. I guess then we may loosen up a little and see what's up. Uh, Circling back on the topic of the Bobsy twins and Nancy Drew. There's no race bending or anything like that. It's just, hey, we have these two South Asian people that are literally who these characters are. And that's just the DNA of it. Super interesting you brought up how we just don't see many of us in TV or movies. And it's funny because the only thing I would usually see when I think of a brown person is like terrorist or the taxi driver or some oppressed female. And I feel like the last five years are starting yeah. to maybe trend in another direction, yeah. especially with like Riz Ahmed, Kamil Anjiani, yourself. Just being in the industry for close to almost a decade for you, right? At this point. More than, yeah. Even more than. What have you seen that has 
in terms of representation and inclusion for South Asians, how far have you come and how much more work do you think is still left to be done? Dang, man. I think there's so much more work still left to be done. Honestly, I think we're finally starting to lay the foundation and groundwork in, in for us, like for us as South Asians specifically. Um, Cause I just, I feel like we kind of get lost in the mix a little bit. Like our stories get lost, our, our voices get lost and, and not for any like wrong or malicious reason. Like there's so many other things happening right now. You know what I mean? With all the movements and stuff that are, that are way more prevalent and important, but I feel like, you know, I feel like there's like always step. I, I find like, and this is my personal opinion. I don't know, maybe if I should share it or not, but I find that like, I'll be so candid that there's like a certain few people who are kind of like, who have been the poster children for South Asian people. And then Hollywood or like North American film and TV always refer to them as being like, no, we're representing you guys. Like, see, we have this person and this person. And you're like, you can't just take two or three. Do you hear me? Like two or three token people to be like, no, man, that's not representing us. Like, you're not even like, taking into account who we are, like traditionally, culturally, what our DNA is. And so, but I think the last few years have definitely started to lay that foundation for us. And we have a lot more work to do because I think, I think our culture and who we are have a lot more stories to tell, especially as like first generation South Asian kids in North America. And I feel like because of how we've been raised with our, like we were saying before, like in a community with our values, our traditions, like they are very different from like other standard, yeah, North American traditional exactly. Like, right? Yeah, and those stories haven't been touched on or told, especially from our voices, because they've been told from like like someone like an Im- you know what I mean, like maybe our parents' voice, like an immigrant's voice, but not ours. And like I feel like we're really battling that tradition. Like, how do we keep that alive with our parents because it's so prevalent with them, with like creating our own. And they're very specific, what we go through and different, and that hasn't been touched on. And so I'm hoping this lays the foundation for like our stories, first generationally to be told too, because we still have a lot of that tradition in us, but we're also Canadian. So we love our heritage, our culture, and we wave the flag. But at the same time, we're probably more Canadian than we are from our own native country, right? At this point. That's exactly it. And so it's, you get that identity crisis, right? That sometimes happens where I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And then, and then you get the thing, which I've heard, which I, I, it's getting better now, I think in the last few years. And like, I don't know if the same experience is for you, but it's like, you always get, I always get told, right? Because I'm not, I'm not, I don't live and sit in like that traditional realm really as myself. I feel like I'm more of a mother. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You know what I mean? In that way, like you're not brown enough or you're not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, do you really represent you what really it's really represent. like to be brown? Exactly. And just... Exactly. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. And as you mentioned, I think it's so important that us pretty much the first generation in our households or just even generally, it's important for us to tell stories from our perspective rather than, as you mentioned, from our parents' point of view. Like, we went to school here. We went to elementary here, high school. So the way we perceive things aren't necessarily the exact same way our parents probably did or would. They've had their own issues as well. I fully exactly. understand and respect that. I think it's time for, as you mentioned, like the first generation to start planting our seeds and our own building blocks of getting these stories out there and really sharing what it's like to be a South Asian living in North America. Exactly. And how we identify, right? Like it's it's so... 
I'm, I'm really freaking hoping that like, you know, these last few years paves the way for us to kind of be more represented on screen. Cause you're right. Like you don't see many of us. It goes, it's funny. It goes either it, and I hate it. I hate that. Like, this is where we've come to, but it's so specific and like how it goes. Right. So I'm really curious about your opinion on this thought that I have and this logic that I've kind of been thinking about a lot myself over the last couple of years. Maybe you have a, another perspective altogether, especially as someone who's worked in the film and TV industry as yourself. Do you find that the biggest critic that we have uh, in this industry is sometimes South Asians themselves? Yep. Where it's like, hey, we're all trying to support each other, you and I, but the majority of South Asians, they want to tear you down. They're like, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be following X, Y, and Z. Do you ever find it's that? It's wild and I don't get it. I don't get, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get where it comes from. And sometimes I think I'm like, I'm like, okay, Dila, take yourself outside of, you know what I mean? Like check yourself, take yourself outside of the box. And, and I, I really don't know if it comes like from like any sort of malicious intent as it does. It comes from somewhere, right? whether malicious or not, but who knows, malicious right? Malicious or not, it's, yeah, it's wild. I don't get it. And I wonder if it's because our parents had to come here and really fend for themselves and fight for themselves and make, carve out a place for themselves. Because, I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of racism they've had to endure. We've, you know, like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or you're starting fresh into a new culture, a new community, when you're yeah. already in your the middle of your life or you're in your 30s or 40s and bringing over your family then versus yeah. someone who was born and raised here or even came at a very young age. It's it's tough. And that's just the one thing that just kind of sucks about being South Asian in this community because I feel like the people within support each other and we want all of us to do well. But at the same time, the larger yeah. community, it's kind of like, almost taboo if you want to do something in the creative art totally it's so taboo and it's like I don't know if it's like a level of like competition but not even like maybe that's not the right word but like yeah, I, I get your perspective on it as well and I'm glad that someone sees it from my perspective as well because I feel like there's a lot of mental health issues that South Asians go through and it's not really brought upon our culture to like be open about talking about your feelings and whatnot And there's a lot of people that are either in jobs or in careers that they're not happy with or they're forced upon. And then when they kind of see someone else who's kind of following their own path or wants to do what they do, I find that you get in the defensive really quick. And I get their perspective, I do. But at the same point, it's if you really want to pave the way for future generations of South Asians in North America, we have to take it upon ourselves to support each other, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And it's like exactly, I feel like you totally touched on it where it's like they weren't, they were not in a place where they were supported enough to feel like they could truly voice what they wanted to do and like be courageous enough to actually follow their heart and things. And then, you know what I mean? That gets suppressed. And I feel like it gets deflected on us because we, we did put our foot down and listen, it ain't no easy feat. Like I'm one story where I was really freaking lucky, but like, you know, like what you've said with, yeah, for the majority of people, it's a amount of shit and like the arguing and it's like, wait, is this really what you want to do? What are you doing? It's tough. Like the mental stress and everything. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, and I know I have friends who've like, haven't spoken to their family because they've chosen to be in the arts, you know, and like, I can't even imagine what that's like. And I feel like it's because we were courageous enough to be like, no, I'm following my heart. I'm carving my own way. This is what I want to do and how I want to make a difference. 
And maybe, and I, 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 I mean, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like, because they didn't, they weren't able to find that courage within themselves to be like, no, F that I'm going to, I'm going to go my own way. And then it gets like deflected onto the rest of us, you know, but you know, what's funny is I also find within filming TV and I'm just going to be so candid is it's interesting because there aren't as many of us on screen. I also find within the film and TV community that there's competition within us South Asians too, which I find wild AF. I've heard that a lot. Trust me, it's super prevalent in the Toronto industry. I can tell you just once you're in, they're kind of like, I'm the designated brown guy or the brown girl. I don't want this guy coming in and taking my role or my spot. I feel that all the time. And I'm like, man, I... I'm, I, I'm sorry. And then you, I get, you get so apologetic. I don't know if you're the same way. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't even like, I don't like know how to deal with that. Yeah. That's not the perspective I was coming in with. I, it's no. not, I didn't mean to like step on your feet if that's how you feel. Right. It's but I twack. get it. It's like that in Vancouver too. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, girl, you freaking got that series lead. You got that regular. You're paving the way for me, you know, to do yeah, that. Like a win for you is a win for yeah. all of us. Like that's how I see it. But that's not really how everyone really sees no. it. Eh? And you like feel a- it. And I feel like that's another conversation in itself too, where I'm like, how do you psychoanalyze that? Because that's even wilder sometimes because there aren't even that many of us. Why can't we support each other? It's in, I have a girlfriend who who just booked a dope series and we talk about this all the time. And I'm like, Aliza, why can't like, we just, all of us be like us. Like, we're like, yeah, bitch. Like you won, I won, I won, you won, dinner's on you. Like, you know, it's. Yeah. But you know what? I think it's important to have these talks and I'm so happy that I can have this talk openly about how it kind of really is. And I think if you don't have these talks, we're just going to continue to suppress the issue at the matter and that yeah. you need to start supporting each other and just need to wave each other's flag. A win for you is a massive win for so me too. and vice versa. That's just how yeah. we have to kind of go through this. We have to, especially if we want to see more of us on TV and on screen. Like we got it, we got to. But it, again, right, it's like kind of what we talk, just talked about. It's that like you work so hard to choose this and like you put so much in and take so much shit to be in this career path that like the threat of it being taken away is really freaking real in that sense because of all of that familial stuff and cultural stuff we've had to deal with. Here's us hoping to the next generation and even, you know, forget that. Let's just open to our yeah, generation man. to continue doing what we're doing yeah. and supporting each other. Hey, as you wrap up here with the amazing Adila Dasani, it is now time for a segment I like to call the final act. Adila. <laughs> I'm going to give you 60 seconds to answer 15 rapid fire questions about your likes, your dislikes. If you go over the time, it's all good. But I want to hear the first answer that comes to your mind. You up for it? Okay, let's do it. The final act. 60 seconds. 15 questions. Can you beat the clock? Time starts now. Movies or TV shows? TV shows. Theater or watch at home? Theater. Last movie you watched at a theater? Uh, uh, a Batman one? I don't know. All right. <laughs> Favorite movie? Oh, God. Uh, okay, Bollywood. Uh, 1942 Love Story. All right. You just took my next question. Favorite Bollywood movie? Salman Shahrukh Amir. Favorite Khan? Uh, sh- uh, Shahrukh. Hells yeah. Number one actor that inspires you? Ooh, oh, uh, Christopher Palmer. Ever had a starstruck moment? Yeah, 
Ryan, uh, uh, what's the other, not Reynolds, the other Ryan. Gosling? Gosling. Dude, it was bad. I'll tell you about that later. Okay. <laughs> All right. Current TV show you're watching. Oh, <laughs> the Bravo Housewives. All, All right. Uh, we'll cut that one out. Uh, <laughs> favorite Nancy Drew character, not yourself. Ooh. Oh. Ah. Like all of them. Dude, the supernatural. Like, just like the ghosts. All right. Well, we'll take it. Summer or fall? What do you prefer more? Fall. Sweater weather. Favorite thing about growing up in Canada? Uh, four seasons. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Hell yes. Dream roll. Dream roll. Ooh, I don't, dang, just someone cuckoo bananas, man. Ooh, okay. Detective Renee Montoya, maybe? Okay. I'm a DC girl. Hells yeah, I'm a DC guy as well, I love it. Are you a DC guy? Hell yeah. All day, I want to be, I want to be Detective Renee Montoya, yeah. Lastly, describe your role on Nancy Drew in one word. Oh, um, um, one word? For real? Dude. Yeah, I'm, giving, I'm just giving you one, that's it, just one. Okay, uh, what's, um, curious. Bam, hey, you knocked it out of the park. That was awesome. You went through all the questions. You didn't give so BS political correct No politically correct things here. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. And thank you for your contributions and all your accomplishments. I'm literally so proud of you. As I mentioned, a win for you is a win for all of us. And I'm so excited to see what the next steps are oh, for you. Man, thank you so much. That means the world. And likewise, man, thank you for all your time and your contributions. You're just, you're giving us a platform and holding space for us to kind of speak our truth. And that's what we need right now. So like, honestly, thank you for doing what you do and just giving us a voice. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe for new episodes streaming weekly. Follow the show at Popcorn and Soda Podcast on Instagram to keep up with movie news and behind-the-scenes exclusives. We'll see you next time at the movie. Ahem, on the show.